Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Shay Wells. Hi. Hello. And I also have Steve Reinhardt. Hi, Noah Shay and Matthew. And I also have Matthew Dirksen. And he's from Alaska. Hello, Noah and Shay and Steve. How are you? Doing well. Well, good. Well, I do want to start out by saying um, my uncle Pitts, we did a podcast with him. Uh, Steve gave him a shout out the last podcast we did. And while we were doing that last podcast, after we ended it, I got a text message saying that Pitts had left here to go be with Jesus. So, um, you know, we've, at least for me, I've been going through that grief of missing him and um, just how much he meant to me and all the, just all the great things he did for me while he was here. So he will definitely be missed. I don't know if Steve, you want to say anything about him? Yeah, I just really am so glad we got to do a podcast with him and connect mm -hmm. with him and hear his enthusiasm for life and Christ and, uh, and even though, and his struggle, you know, how genuine and authentic he was with his struggle with, cancer and his treatment actually yeah uh, so and and i and I, do, I just appreciate him and him sharing life with us and and being with him a long time ago one of the men's retreats uh, yeah so that was it was super mm -hmm. sad for me to hear that he had gone but at the same time i'm pretty happy for him mm -hmm. yeah exactly so i know he's not in pain now and He's enjoying his time there, so that's good. Yeah, well, it's super, super hard to watch someone suffer and be in pain, and yeah, and for for me to feel so helpless uh, to do actually anything about it is, yeah, I, I don't know. For me, that's kind of one of my greatest pains. So, uh, I, I would imagine his family might feel some relief. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. But yeah, he'll be missed for sure. So what are we going to be talking about today, Steve? Well, last a uh, couple times ago, or last time maybe, we were talking with Matthew about what it was like for him uh, with his son being in the hospital and really having a surgery on his skull and having part of it removed and then not being able to walk and uh, strokes and talk and learning uh, and Matthew's experience of that and how he walked with the Lord through it all. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be with him here today again and to recognize uh, the deep faith and what a, uh, a man of God he is to go through that and, and come out where we're at right now. I knew it's still in the process uh, and to be able to be so authentic and genuine and tell us what that was like for him is I'm just really great feeling grateful. And one of the things that he had mentioned last time that we talked about uh, to do a podcast on would be um, some of the what ifs he was telling himself. Mm. And uh, oh my gosh, I heard that and I thought, oh, I've got to, I've got must have a thousand what ifs. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they always cause me so much agony. Uh, so we thought, well, let's do a podcast on what ifs and maybe some of us have some and, uh, and then Matthew could share some and, and then if you're, if you're, if we're interested, because, 
you know, we could, we could actually, I've got a really cool tool uh, that helps us uh, deal with them and kind of make them pop and go away if we want to. I mean, I think they got a lot of value, so yeah, we may right. not want to do that. No, I'd like to try it. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe Matthew, do you want to kick us off and um, tell us, maybe you have some, still have some of those what if things running in the background. Yeah, well, I do, Steve. I even Sunday, Sunday morning, we woke up and um, I went down to the church early because our our church actually opened up here in Alaska, and I was helping with ushering and you know social distancing and all that. And my wife texted me and said, "Please pray for Michael. He's he just doesn't seem to be. He seems like he wants to go back to sleep, and he says his head is hurting." And immediately the it's the what if thing, like you're saying, mm -hmm. what if he's having a stroke on the right side of his brain this time? And then he can't lose use his left side. And that's that's just absolutely terrifying. And yeah, that's that's a really big one. And just somehow trusting that even if that happens, God has a plan, like it doesn't catch him off guard. Although it might catch me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like if you would be ready for that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not. There's no way. Exactly. I don't know if you'd ever be ready for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just feels like that would be the end. Like how, how could things continue on with another what we've gone through just to repeat. Mm -hmm. um, it's scary. So. Well, and it would be so many what ifs, not just what if this happens, but then like, what did, what would next week look like? What would finances look like? What would his life look like? What would our life look like? Like that one, what if he has a stroke on this side of his brain turns into 500 other what ifs it's not just that one then your brain starts spiraling into oh yeah and then what will my life look like what will our marriage look like what will his life look like and i'm sure that then that spirals even more instead of just that one what if mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely linked into all the other ones because it totally changes life and like you said job and relationship with my wife and it's yeah it's all over the spectrum mm -hmm. yeah i know like with emily because she was born super sick and i went through so many what ifs then and when in, in second grade she had her tonsils taken out and she was flight for life then and all of my old what ifs came back and so I can kind of relate to you in that of like, I'm sure a lot of your first what ifs when all of this first happened to him, a lot of those came back up with this second thought where like with Emily, all of a sudden, what ifs from eight years ago started coming back up, but then they were spiraling even more. Hey, what were, what were, what were some of those? Well, when she was born, I was, I was 21 and a single mom. And so, my first what ifs were, what if I have to take care of a special needs baby on my own? 
I don't have a job. I don't that she never walk or talk or breathe. So what if I can't take care of her? Mm. What if I'm not capable of that? What if I don't have the funds? It's expensive to raise a child anyway, but a child with severe medical needs is, you know, as a 21 year old single mom, I mean, I, I, as any parent, I mean, you just go through all of that. And so there were a lot of those, like, would my heart have the capabilities to love her? I didn't know if I would have the capacity within my heart to love her at that moment. Yeah, so maybe we would say that as if, what if we might say some, we might say, what if I can't love her? What if I don't love her? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's terrifying, huh? <laughs> yeah. Parents are supposed to always love their kids, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. This, this should. Yeah. Yeah, the, the shoulds of it, of you should love your kid. But then when you're faced with some hard moments, I think that we then question our own abilities to love them because we're only human. And so, and I don't know if you felt this way too, Matthew, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I didn't know if I would have the capacity to love a human that needed so much from me. I didn't know if I was going to have that. And I'm sure I would have, I, I'd like to think that I would have, but I think that that was definitely a should of, I should love my child no matter what, but I don't know if I can. Yeah, I've, that's definitely been there. Yeah. Struggling with how to deal with him. And also the, the what ifs, you know, if I were to lose him, what if I were to lose him and the pain that's involved there. And so I know there's been times where I've felt myself like wanting to pull away a little bit emotionally mm -hmm. from him just because it's so painful. Yeah. And what if I were to lose him and have to go through all that pain again, mm -hmm. thought I had or was losing him. Um, yeah, I agree. Thank, thank you guys for telling us those really intimate moments in uh, life. That's really beautiful and uh, and hard to hear, actually. Uh, Noah, how about you? Do you have any kind of what ifs? Oh, I have a list of what ifs, Steve. <laughs> um, I think one of my biggest what ifs. I know it's kind of kind of I can't really do anything about it, but my what if is always. Um, if I lose Shay, if she dies, just, I don't know, like for me, her and I are so perfect for each other and she's helped me go through so many hard times in my life. So that's my biggest, what if Shay dies? Cause then I don't know, I, I, I go down this big rabbit trail of all this stuff that I would just destroy myself. And I think about it a lot for whatever reason. Not saying I'm trying to. <laughs> what if? <laughs> yeah. How can I get rid of my wife? <laughs> and then I can I, help. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, and then I got a, I got one too that, um, you know, what if, what if my actions or what if I've said something to someone or, what if, I don't know, one of the one of these podcasts destroys the ministry. 
So I definitely have that thought a lot of my dad worked so hard to get this ministry going. And what if I destroy it just from, you know, I, I'm a pretty open book. So, so sometimes I'm a little nervous when I open my mouth and say something. You sit there and kind of sweat a little bit and wonder if you're just going to wreck everything my dad worked so hard for. Hmm. So that's a big what if for me. Yeah, those are both kind of scary. If you lost Jay, um, like you said, you destroy. You probably do destroy yourself, and uh, and then yeah, probably uh, that. Following on that would be you'd, you'd also destroy the ministry. Yeah. Uh, so you know, thinking that having those thoughts roll around in our minds is super scary you know who i would because those would be like the i me hearing those things is because i care about you so much i wouldn't want you to destroy yourself yeah mm-hmm. uh, and you know the ministry uh is about people and so i wouldn't you know i like the people that are involved so uh, the ministry i could care less about but it's the people involved that i love uh, yeah and your dad was like that he didn't want to make a kingdom and yeah. so but but i get what you're saying you wouldn't want to yeah hurt any, hurt, hurt any of the people yeah exactly uh, so yeah that's it. so i'm you know and hearing about matthew's concerns and shay's concerns about you know being a loving having enough love the capacity to love a special needs kid and um you know and questioning in that um to me, why would we want to get rid of these what-if statements? They say such beautiful things about uh, you guys. Uh, you know, like, can you think of anything beautiful or awesome they say about each other? Well, I mean, if you think about the what if I don't have enough love, it just means that you love your kids so much that you're afraid of not loving them enough. And I think that even just as a parent i mean she's fine ish she's 12 so she's a little moody but like you love them and you still wish you could love them more you know like no matter what your kids have gone through no matter what you go through as a parent i feel like we all always wish that we could love them more and that we always wish and so i think that having the what ifs or the shoulds with loving your kids, I think just shows how much you do love them because you want to be get, to give them everything. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. It kind of demonstrates how much you do love them mm-hmm. just by having those. Uh, anything else pop to mind of what, what advantage it would have uh, to be saying these things, having these what if statements, like for Matthew, um, maybe Shay or Noah, you might be something might pop to your mind uh, about what he was saying. You know, um, he he said, um, you know, um, what if he has a stroke on the right side and he can't do anything on his left side? If you know, use his left side. What if that happens? Well, as a parent, I could one, say, yes, that would be absolutely awful. 
But when the reality comes, like you would step into that role and he would still be amazingly cared for and he would still be loved for and you would still have the capacity to care for him and love him and those things. And it, although it would be scary, like before all of this happened, you never thought that you would have to go down this path, but you have, and he is still loved on. I've seen the videos. He is still so loved on, still so cared for. He is the happiest little guy. Like I just want to squeeze him because he is so cute that like, you know, that if that happens, you would still be the dad that you are and you would still be the parents for him that you are as much yeah. as it would be not fun to go through. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I see what you're saying. And that came to mind too, when Steve asked, you know, what is the good part of the what ifs? And that is, you know, realizing how much, you know, I love our little son, Michael, and how much you love your daughter and or even noah you know how much you love your wife and having her or the thought of not having her there is terrifying mm -hmm. so it's i think that that's a good a good part of it for sure steve yeah and and if you flipped if you if you could flip it you know flip it over and say um uh, you know, you you get a text from your wife, and she says, "Oh my gosh, pray for Michael." You know, something's going on. And uh, what would you think if you know? What would you think? Say say it's me, uh, and I get a text from uh, your wife and say, "Oh my gosh, pray for Michael." I'm not sure what's going on. He might be having another stroke. Something might be going on. And and instead of uh, me doing what you did um saying to yourself well what if you know what if he is having another stroke and its effect on his right side this time instead i say uh yeah if he has a stroke it's okay no big deal if it affects his right side yeah so what <laughs> what would you prefer uh, that uh, or the what if yeah. Mm -hmm. The what if shows that you care. Yeah. Shows that I care. Shows that yeah. Noah cares. Yeah. Shay. Yeah. So even though it might cause us agony or pain to have those things, um, and Noah and I've talked about this before, uh, maybe we don't want to get rid of it entirely. And that's where I really like to be able to like do a little measurement or testing and say, okay, well, so how much do I believe he's going to have a stroke on the right side uh, right now? And maybe it's a hundred percent. You know, what if that happens? Uh, but if I believe it a hundred percent, maybe I just need to dial it down and not believe it a hundred percent. Maybe I could dial it down and just believe it. 10% and still be the caring, loving guy I am without it having, mm -hmm. causing me so much pain. Does that make sense or am I way off base there? No, I think that makes sense. It's definitely something where you can not have it consume me mm -hmm. to that 100%. 
and knowing it's still there and I still care for him because I don't want him to go through that, but yet not letting it be a consuming factor where my every waking moment is consumed with the, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like it because there's always, I always think there's two ways to look at stuff and yeah, I guess I never thought of what ifs I actually care then. So it's it's nice for me to think, oh, wait a minute, I'm thinking what ifs all the time, but it's really because I care so much. It's not, I guess my what ifs I've always thought was such a negative thing and I shouldn't think that way and I need to take it away. But of course, it's never worked for me to take it away, <laughs> ever. It always just comes back more. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, I don't know, in a way, for me to be able, uh, and this might sound kind of weird, but it, I, in a way, it's, uh, for me, it's almost like uh, when, when we get to share our what-ifs um, in a genuine way like this, and it's, they're kind of scary to us when we run them to the extreme, but when they're, when they're not run to the extreme, uh, what I get to see in just a few moments when you guys shared yours with me was I get to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to see Jesus in you and, uh, and have that experience of you, of his uh, kind of overwhelming love mm-hmm. for each other and for our kids. And, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty special, actually. Mm. Uh, um, and and we do have are, are there any other what ifs that you guys would like to share while we're uh, yakking yeah she I, I want Shay to share this one that she had today if she doesn't mind sharing it it was that one uh, yeah so one of the ones that I think about quite often is what if God does answer my prayer and I have to acknowledge that he really does love me because it's so easy for me to just say, see, he's not listening. See, he doesn't care about me and have my pity party. That's way easier than me going, oh, wait, he does listen to me and he does love me and he does want what's best for me. And so sometimes I'm almost afraid to pray to him or talk to him about anything because I'm afraid he'll answer it. So it is kind of this what if of like, what if he does answer this, then what am I going to do with that? So mm, that's kind of a, um, a reverse one, but that's really great. So what would you say, uh, Matthew, if you were to think about that, what Shay just said, that what if God does answer my prayer and I'd have to acknowledge that he loves me, what would you say uh, that says about Shay that's pretty awesome and wonderful? And also, what would you say, what would, what would be the advantages to saying that, for Shay to say that to herself? Well, to me, it says that she really wants God's love so much that she's concerned that she might have to really acknowledge, you know, it's, it's one of those, one of those fears that you run through in your mind where um, it's like, I want God to love me, but does he really love me? And then 
well, I really have to acknowledge that he loves me. Um, I think it, I don't know. That's what it says to me that she really wants God's love so much that she's afraid to acknowledge him. And I can see that being a very real thing. Yeah. It's so, it, it's so cool because uh, to me, that says the same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, she's, she wants a close relationship with the Lord. Uh, she doesn't want a status quo. She's not willing to settle for the status quo. She's, she, she wants all that he has for her and won't settle for anything less. Uh, you know, if she would, she, she would say, uh, eh, God doesn't ever answer my prayers. <laughs> and, and it just proves what I've always known all the time. He's a jerk. He doesn't care about me. Yeah, but in, but instead she's like flipped it like totally on its head. It's like, oh my gosh, what if he does answer my prayers? Uh, it's and it puts uh, for me her her in a wonderful light that she sees herself as um, a compassionate uh, a woman who's super motivated to have a close relationship with the Lord, and it puts the Lord in a great light, like. Yeah, I'm I'm there. Uh, so, and and the advantage of it to to me seems like, uh, wow, um, why would you want to give that one up? With when the you know the motivation that 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 what if would create is like, oh my gosh, I want to really feel, I want to not settle for the status quo in my walk with the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, so, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that's that, and so that would be you know that would be where I'd follow up with that is like why would you want to let go of that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you want to let it go? Well, only because I feel like I then hold myself back because then it's more of like this why talk to God because then if He answers it. Because I expect him to not answer, but then if he does, then that's even more scary because then he proves that he loves me. So I'm just going to stay right here in the middle mm. and not do either one because it's comfortable. Because it, if I pray and he doesn't answer, then it just affirms that he doesn't care about me. But then if I pray and he does answer, then I'm going to be like, oh, hi. <laughs> so would you say it's easier for you to build a wall with God? Yes. Than to have it down. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I can stack bricks on that wall mm -hmm. all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, Matthew mentioned that. I'm glad you brought you guys brought that up because Matthew mentioned that also uh, with Michael that you sensed that you pulled away a little bit, right? Yeah. When you were saying that to yourself that, oh my gosh, if he has another stroke, if, he, if his right side's affected, uh, you kind of pulled away kind of the same way she did uh with the lord mm -hmm. uh, and and you know it's it's going to sound kind of odd but i think it's so cool that you did that uh because it shows how much you love him yeah it shows how much you care how much how close uh you know if that were to happen that that would hurt so bad uh, that you would feel the pain of him suffering that and that Shay would feel the pain of uh, the Lord backing away from her, you know, answering her prayer and then backing away. Uh, that would cause you so much pain. You wouldn't mm -hmm. want to do that. That's uh, really cool that you guys would 
actually do that and and then tell us all about it. Mm. Well, and I think especially right now we're talking, we've been talking to a lot of like married couples and things, and it's so easy for us to just put walls up between us, between God, between our kids. I think we all do that because it's not just like our own protection, it's to protect them too. In a sense of like, I've felt myself, you know, if, if Noah's struggling, I'll start putting bricks up on my wall, not only to just protect me, but also protect him. Like, I don't want you to feel my negativity. So I'm just going to build like this little fortress around me because it's not only best for me, it's also best for them too. So like Matthew, it's like, you know, you want to build that wall so that it also doesn't hurt him. It's not just protecting you. It's, I don't know if I can love my kid through this. So I'm going to build a wall between us. So it protects both of us. And I think we've heard that a lot with married couples recently. Mm -hmm. We've heard that a lot between parents. I do it with everybody and including God, because it's not just protecting me, but I'm going to protect God from me. I'm going to protect you from me. I'm going to protect my kids from me because I'm, the most like not perfect awful human being in my own eyes Mm. so i'm going to protect the world from me because nobody needs to experience me (laughs) and i might just (laughs) self-destruct exactly Mm -hmm. so it's like i'm just gonna stay within my walls and everybody's gonna not you know i'm not gonna give a hundred percent of me to anybody not just to protect me but to protect to protect them from when I explode, there's already a distance between us to where they won't get as hurt because I didn't connect with them fully. And just to point out, do you know how caring that sounds for other people? <laughs> <laughs> for somebody who's so dangerous that they could uh, implode the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that just, so you know, it sounds super uh, caring that you would <laughs> want to do that for the rest of us. Uh, and so, you know, that's such a great point. And that would be another topic for a good podcast uh, because that's a role, uh, Shay, that you've taken upon yourself, uh, mm-hmm. protector uh, of the universe, uh, <laughs> actually, you know, protector of the universe from uh, of the rest of us from mm-hmm. Shay. And, and, and of course, I would never do that, but some people like Shay would do that. I would never feel protective of other people. Uh, I would just, I would just like commit murder to protect people that I care about. Uh, So that would be a a really great podcast to be able to look at our roles of say protector or Mm -hmm. uh, of what's behind those walls. Because if you don't, if you didn't have that role, um, we wouldn't need that wall. If we had a different role, if we could change the roles up of what we're, we think our job is our job mm-hmm. description uh and then we could maybe take down a few layers off the walls in our lives yeah uh, or, or build them higher if we want to you know either way i think it's uh, they're beneficial and they show they actually do show what a caring loving person you are so i i don't know how much time we have left uh but um i wondered if we could like take one I'd like, I'd love to do this one exercise. If you have like a, what if statement you'd like to get rid of or yeah. dial down, uh, Matthew or Shay or Noah, you want to pick one? Yeah, let me pick one. We could do the one you gave us. 
you if you wanted to, Noah. What's that, Steve? We could we could do that one that you already told us. Uh, you know, if uh, if I lose uh, Shay or if Shay dies, you know that, right? Yeah, that's probably my biggest one. I think about a lot. Okay, well, can we do that one? Yeah, let's do that one. And we won't get rid of Shay like I promised that we won't like knock her off. Thank you. Although I've been tempted, Shay. Oh, I'm sure you have. You get, <laughs> just get in line. There's many. <laughs> okay, so uh, and so so this is a cool uh, tool that I've used for myself, um, and. It's just ramping it up. It's a kind of an uncovering tool because behind our what if statements, there's this crazy fantasy that's that's being played out, uh, an illusion that's running in our mind, and and that is if, uh, and and for your for what you said is uh, if Shay dies, then let's say that's let's happens that happens. Uh, what's the worst that could happen? What's the most you're afraid of? And so that's the two questions you ask. So, so when someone, if somebody wants to be set free from a what if statement, okay. uh, so if Shay dies, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, what, are the, what are you the most afraid of? Uh, probably killing myself would definitely be the number one. Okay, so that's the worst that could happen, and and what are you most afraid of? Will you kill yourself? Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and and here's the here's the kind of beauty of this is like, let's say that happened. What's the worst that could happen? You did kill yourself. What are you? What's the? What are you the most afraid of? I guess the worst possible thing that could happen would be. God would tell me, you're not allowed in heaven. Okay, so you're not allowed in heaven. Uh, Where Shay is. <laughs> and I couldn't even go see her. See <laughs> Okay. So, mm -hmm. so let's just, let's just say, we're using our imaginations here, and say, okay, so let's say that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, you show up at whatever... You imagine heaven's going to look like. You knock on the door, and uh, he says, uh, you're not allowed in. Uh, that, that actually happens. And now what's the worst that can happen? What's the most you're afraid? What's the worst you can, what you're really afraid of? Then I'd have to spend eternity with Satan. Okay. Yeah, my buddy loves hanging around me all the time. Okay, so then... I'm sure I'm sure tempted to make a wise crack right now, but I'm not going to. You can, uh, uh, because I like this. So, so let's say that happens, and you have to spend an eternity with your buddy Satan, mm -hmm. uh, who you hang out with all the time anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's like not anything changed. Very true. Uh, but just being a wise ass here. Um, but so, so say you have to spend eternity with Satan. Now, what's the worst that could happen? What are you most afraid of? I guess being alone. Uh-huh. So being alone. Or being in the presence of love. You lost me on that one. Oh, like being around people that love me? 
like not being around them oh if I died? yeah yeah if she died yeah i wouldn't be around people that loved me so you were spending eternity with satan you'd be alone mm -hmm. uh, or you wouldn't be around people that cared about you correct yeah so yeah and that's that sounds sad that really sounds sad yeah it does that you would be alone and not with people that cared about you mm -hmm. um, i i just can't number one i can't imagine it but it sounds sad but let's say that's the truth that that actually happened you were alone and you weren't around anyone that loved you now what's the worst that could happen what's the most you're afraid of i don't, I don't know if i can get any lower than that <laughs> Uh, okay, I so that's, I don't know what else would be lower than that. Yeah, and I and I think that's we've kind of bottomed out there. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of the purpose of this is to to um, uncover the fantasy mm -hmm. uh, because all you know, I all the other stuff above that being alone uh, is stories we're telling to ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, being alone sounds so real. Mm -hmm. uh, sounds like the, I, I really don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and maybe you're saying to yourself, um, you know, I can't stand being alone. I actually couldn't live if I was alone. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's what I'm most likely saying to myself. Yeah. So I I don't know. How do you feel about that now? Like what the. Uh... The thought of Shay dying, or what do you mean? Yeah, the thought of Shay dying, and you know, if Shay were to die, you yeah, could like guess, you could you could cut to the chase. Yeah, I think I've cut to the chase of just if Shay dies, I'll be alone, and that's really probably the worst thing that could happen. Mm. And I wouldn't have you know <laughs> the person that is cheerleading me through life. So yeah, that would be that'd be hard. Yeah, and so we could like take it up again and keep on going. Like, and if you didn't have that person cheerleading you through your life, mm -hmm. what would be the most you what would, would be the thing you're really afraid of? I think just you would destroy yourself. Yeah, I think I would destroy my. I am worried that I would destroy myself. Yeah, and if you and if you destroyed yourself, I'm not even sure what that means. Uh, you know, what would be. Well, I, I think for me, I would just fully do whatever I wanted. And I don't know if that would be necessarily the best for my body. Yeah, I'm kind of sad to hear that. Yeah, me too. It sucks. Just because for me, it's like if, when I think of you, it sucks that you wouldn't do what you wanted. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would, I would, whether Shay's with you or not, that doesn't sound. Uh, fun to me so anyway so so this is a tool we can use to help uncover uh what's really kind of driving uh our what ifs on the negative side of the what ifs not the positive side if we want to hang on to them there's lots of great reasons to hang on to them but it's also a way to be able to let go of them and say okay you know uh, you're you're saying if shay dies uh you'll self-destruct and if, and so for and and because it says such wonderful things about you, uh, I would be like a crazy counselor to come in and tell you, oh no, Noah, you can get through it. 
you could walk through with the Lord through it and you could make it. Uh, I, I would be a complete nut to do that uh, because you're going to fight me every step of the way mm -hmm. uh, because it's saying to you, uh, I care so much uh, that I couldn't live without Shay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'd be alone. I can't live without, I can't live without her. I care so much about her yeah. uh, that I can't, I can't live. Uh, well, we know you can because all right. sorts of people yeah. die all the time, but that's really what the, you know, the bottom line is we care so much that we would, we don't want to let go of those things. Yeah. Uh, so definitely. anyway, it's such a cool experience going through this with you guys. And we I'll just appreciate how open you are. And I'd love to like pick Matthew's brain and see what you're thinking and feeling Matthew. <laughs> I'm just thinking as I hear Noah talk about what he would be like, in this what if scenario, um, just thinking how much he does, I don't know, it just makes me think how special he is wanting to be with people that love him and not be alone and not be by himself. Um, just makes me appreciate Noah more. Mm -hmm. And also, Steve, you're just going through and asking these questions about just makes you think about the, you know, what is the worst that could happen, mm -hmm. you know, and that's my what if, and then what am I afraid of? And that would be the result or the reaction. Uh, it's really good to keep that in mind to, yeah, if you want to like battle this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shay, how about you? Well, I was just thinking like, I hope that whoever listens to this or passes this on really thinks of this in a sense of how much we can help people as other Christians instead of just the, oh, I'll pray for you. Instead of just the, oh, I'll pray for you, you'll be fine. Because I feel like it's so easy to, to say that. And I'm not knocking prayer. I'm not knocking. Like, I am all for people praying for things when it, you know, when we go through troubles or not, and just lifting people up in prayer, I'm not trying to knock that. But I think I've done this multiple times too, of like, maybe I don't know what to say when somebody has something scary that I've never dealt with. So I'm just like, I'll pray for you. But instead of like having the love and care for each other to sit down and actually kind of walk through these steps with each other and really taking the time to hear each other's heart in that instead of just saying, Oh, I'll pray for you and God will take care of it. But really kind of taking that step and going, wow, Noah, you are so afraid that your wife is going to die. Like, why do you think that is? What would happen if she did? And, and kind of going through it in such a loving, caring way and also not the, you know, okay, what if she died? You know, like big deal. You'd be fine. God would walk with you. You'll find another wife. She won't be as cool as me but you'll find another wife, you know? And so I think that there's like this middle ground that I think is so important that a lot of us really miss that mark on of, you know, taking the time to really hear each other's what ifs and kind of walk through that with us instead of just, I'll pray for you and God will deal with it. Or what if it really happens, get over yourself. They're really taking the time to really sit in this middle road with each other so that we don't feel lonely because I feel like Christianity can be so lonely. 
ministry can be very lonely. Parenting can be very lonely. Marriage is very lonely. You know, all of these things can be so lonely, but taking the time to walk with somebody in such a caring way, like you've done with us today, Steve, I think is so important and something that I think we all need to just sit and take the time with each other on of let's kind of go through this scenario mm-hmm. and walk with each other in this instead of taking that right road of, Oh, I'll pray for you or the left road of get over yourself, but really just walking with each other in love and going through the steps. So I think that this is really important. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. It's such a, and it's such a kind of an intimate, uh, I'm using that word uh, intimate in a intimate exercise to do with one another where we can because mm-hmm. we all have them we all have these things going on inside us and they do say such beautiful wonderful things about us and at the same time they cause us such so much anxiety uh, when we let them run to the extreme it's great mm-hmm. to uh, to do this with one another like you say Shay and, and oftentimes when we get to the bottom of when I do this with myself or I have somebody uh, do this with me and ask me those questions when I get to the bottom you know like I did this one time I was like started off with a relationship with Barb well Barb's gonna leave me and mm-hmm. you know by the time I got to the very bottom line it was like well I'm gonna be living on a I'm gonna be living out of a paper bag on the side of the street mm-hmm. as a home homeless person and then I looked at that and I thought wow you know like my bottom line sounds for like camping that sounds like I don't like fun, you know, and uh, and then I pictured Barb walking by laughing at me sitting out on the side of the street. It's like, well, that's not so bad, you know, like, what's the big deal? I, I'm completely nuts here. I don't have a, a thing to worry about. I, you know, people pay good money to go camping. And uh, so I think sometimes we get to the bottom line and we, we kind of like, uh, for me, I laugh at myself uh, because it's, you're it's clearly fantasy Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i i know i've i know enough people and i'm not and i'm shameless enough to go like move into your basement so i would never know i'd never be on the street i you know people in alaska i would go fishing in alaska if i was not gonna you know or hunting or i'm not gonna be living on the street ever yeah Uh, so it's just that whole idea is um a fantasy that i had running in my mind and so that for me, that's, you know, one of the benefits is uh, I get to look at it and then I kind of have a chuckle at myself and go, oh my gosh, my what ifs are mm, kind of cool, but at the same time, uh, they're kind of nutty mm-hmm. and, uh, and I can enjoy both sides of them. Uh, so, so Noah, you want to, you have any thoughts on this or? Well, I was just saying, while you guys were talking, I was just thinking how I'm excited to do the what ifs with Shay once we get off the podcast because I think you're right. It's something fun too. Because I'm, I mean, Shay could tell you I'm the king of what ifs. I can, I can like completely destroy myself. I can go down this serious road of what ifs and keep going and keep going. And then since I'm not saying them out loud or bouncing them off of someone else, I guess my brain just keeps making them worse and worse. And then once I get to the top, I go back around. Then I top, go back around, and I just keep doing that. So at least for me, I know it's gonna it's gonna be a huge help for me to just at least okay. Now let's 
what if this does happen? Okay, let's go to the next step. What if that happens? And so I'm kind of actually excited to see what it's like to go through one of my big what ifs and go with it with Shay and see what happens with it. Oh, cool. Because, I mean, just like Shay was talking about just the other day, you know, how she builds up walls. Like, I was, you know, maybe had a little depression or something the other day. And so, you know, she can, she knows me so well, so she can see on my face that I'm not doing so well. And she instantly builds that wall up. And we were laying in bed and I said, are you okay? Because I can tell something's wrong then too. And she goes, well, I'm just trying to keep my distance. And I said, well, right now I don't. I can't have you building the wall. I need, I need you to touch me. I need you to talk to me, um, push me to talk. And right there, she tore the walls down. We had a great like two hour talk. So cool. I think just in relationships in general, if you can do that with each other, it's, it's huge. And like Shay said, if you can actually sit there and walk with the person and really just hear where they're coming from. And I mean, the, the big thing I learned in this whole what ifs is, like I said, I thought my what ifs were, there was something defective of me. And, um, you know, it's whatever you want to call it, problems in me. It's not, it's not actual love that I have for Shay or any of my struggles. So I don't know. It, it, it was a cool little, I mean, I don't know if the listeners will get anything out of it, but I sure did. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I think it's a good exercise. I, I appreciated what Shay said as well about prayer and and you as well about walking through it with somebody because it's so easy to hear of a something that's going on and just say, oh, I'll pray for you. But there's it's like there's sometimes can be no commitment in that. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be just a simple response like, hi, hello type thing. Yeah. But to actually say, to actually care for that person enough to spend the time mm-hmm. and go through a couple of questions and try and put yourself in that position. Uh, I think, I think you're right. That's it. It's something that would be good for me to do as well. Mm-hmm. With what ifs and what we're going through right now. Yeah. yeah and I, I would just like throw out to our listeners into you, you guys is you don't want to do the, uh, those questions of like, what's, what do you, What's it uh, mean to you? What's the worst you're afraid of? Uh, without doing the first part, what we did, which was, well, what's that say about you that's co- super cool and awesome? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that part's actually more important. Yeah. Uh, bec- because we're already beating ourselves up for our anxiety and our, we're already beating ourselves up for having these crazy what if statements that sound like uh, doubts and not faith. Uh, and so if but if we can look at the root behind them which from my perspective is christ uh, it's him mm-hmm. uh, then then i don't have to fight him or be defensive over him or hang on to him so tight i can let go of him and go oh wow that's something that's really cool about us and and then i can uh, then i can go oh yeah i'm never gonna live on the street i'm part of the body of christ Mm-hmm. You know, like anybody that's living on the streets, like not, well, they don't have to. Uh, I, I, they, I got a, ba- I got, I got bedrooms, spare bedrooms in my house, not a problem. Yeah, uh, and I know other people do. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, I don't, I just would say, don't, don't forget that part. 
look, what's the, what's the benefit? What's the advantage of having, mm-hmm. what's it say that's awesome about you yeah. that you have these, what if these, these individual particular, what if statements and, and then sharing that with one another, like Shay encouraged us to do uh, just, you could just ask those questions, you know, like mm-hmm. what are some, what if statements you have and what's it say about you? That's pretty cool and awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think that for me being a cancer patient, uh, the times I like, I like people for that have offered to pray for me, but I often think that for me, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, instead of for me, when I offered to pray for someone, I, uh, you know, I'm not a really good prayer for So it's a little disingenuous, uh, but also I would, I would say, uh, instead if I was more, more, uh, honest, I would say, you know, uh, I, I'm feeling really awkward. And I'm kind of sad, feeling sad, because I want to help you. Uh, I want the best for you, and I uh, can't do anything. So it's frustrating to me, and, mm-hmm. and I feel kind of helpless and hopeless. And uh, and so I will pray for you. But I, that's how I'm. That's really what's going on for inside me yeah. uh, when I when I tell you, "Oh, hey, I'm going to pray for you," <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're in my heart too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are all true, but. Uh, the bottom line is I'm really feeling kind of helpless and hopeless and I want the best for somebody that I can't do anything for. Mm-hmm. So Shay, thanks for bringing that up. Of course. Well, and I was week- just going to say, as you were talking about that, it just reminded me of how much we all just want connection and how we're all dying for like to just feel connected. And when somebody says, Oh, I'll pray for you. And again, I'm not trying to like say that you shouldn't do that. Say that, you know, I prayer is powerful thing, but there's no connection in that between you and that person. So with you going through cancer, someone's like, Oh, Steve, I'm praying for you, but I'm going to go home and I'm going to go be with my family. And I'm not going to talk to you until you tell me that you're going through another chemo treatment. And then I'm going to tell you I'm praying for you again. And that doesn't, feed your soul as much as someone says, Oh man, I I really don't know what to say, Steve, but I love you. And, and I feel helpless and there's not much that I can do for you. And then maybe ask questions to you of like, well, how are you doing? How can I walk through this with you? There's so much more connection within us instead of just, Oh, I'll pray for you. And so I, I like that you brought that up of it's, Because for me, I know a lot of times I don't, as much as I talk a lot, I sometimes don't know what to say. And so like, (laughs) I know Steve, when we found out that you had cancer, I was like, I don't, I, I wouldn't know that it would be okay for me to say, Steve, I'm frustrated that you have cancer and I don't know what to do for you. And so I like that you said that of like, you would, you would rather have that connection with somebody and someone sit down with you and say, what they're feeling of, I don't know what to do, mm. then have them just kind of scoff you off, you know, just, oh, I'll pray for you, Steve. Like that connection is so important between all of us. And it just goes down to what I was saying before of taking that time to walk with each other. So I like that you kind of gave that permission to, even in this journey of walking with each other, we don't always have to know what to say but we can right. still walk with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Trey. That's good. I like that. We don't even, we don't always have to know what to say. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know because we're always trying to come up with the perfect Christian thing to say to somebody. That's me. And it just never comes. Sometimes it does. Some people are really good at it. I'm not. Well, well, Matthew just hit the nail on the head, and you can always say what he just said. Always. There's like, you can, like you can never be wrong in saying that one, which is, I just don't know what to say. Yeah. That, that comes across as uh, really connecting and genuine to me. Yeah. And, uh, and actually it grips me right by my heart. Mm. Uh, and, and I would, I would prefer that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with people saying whatever they want to say uh, because I know it's awkward. You know, oftentimes it's awkward in our lives when we're, when we show our weaknesses or where we're struggling, uh, it's awkward to be. And, and I think that's, you know, that's another thing you could say is like, not only don't I know what to say, but I'm kind of feeling awkward and embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm actually telling myself I should know what to say. And I, now I'm feeling kind of pressured because it's so, you know, I've got this crazy voice in my head. Right. Uh, so, uh, well, we've kind of got off track a little bit uh, off of our what ifs, but it's been a really wonderful time being with you guys. Yeah, it's been great. And thanks for going through that with us, Steve. And thank you, Matthew, for your honesty. Shay, for your honesty. It's it's nice when you can do a podcast with everyone who's just uh, not trying to be better than the other person. We can all just be honest with each other and walk in this life. So I appreciate all of you guys and girls. So thank you for thank you for it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, and thank you for the listeners. Um, you guys are great. You guys still giving us comments, and um, you know it's uh, it's encouraging for us that uh, you know you hear the Lord through us speaking because you know <laughs> we're just people and you don't think anything of it. So it's it's great. So thanks for the. Thanks for the emails you guys give us and Instagram stuff. And uh, we just appreciate the listeners so much. So thank you so much. And we'll do another one very soon. All right. Bye. Bye. See ya.